0: Welcome. We are a mother-daughter podcast about all things surrogacy. Together, we have brought eight beautiful babies into this world, and we would like to share our knowledge of surrogacy with those who want to educate themselves on the topic. This is Stop, Sit, Surrogate. Everybody and welcome back to stop sit surrogate with kennedy and ellen episode nine this episode is dedicated to my mom for her mainly her third journey however there's a little bit of a one prior to her third you're a straight couple
1: oh yeah god totally forgot about them yeah, so I I
0: i'll just throw
1: that in there too mm-hmm.
0: yeah. yeah so uh go ahead
1: all righty Hope everybody had lovely holidays and happy new year. Um, Yes, Kennedy's right. I did have um, one. I I tried. I kind of said, all right, let's brave it. And and let's go with a heterosexual couple. Because again, all of my couples were gay as were Kennedy's.
0: This was after your second surrogacy. You were like, hey, I'm going to try to go with a different way.
1: Yeah, this was after my second surrogacy because. I shopped around for agencies again and was only finding granted guys, I did this, you know, two decades ago. So I was only finding agencies really that were not catering to um, gay and lesbian couples at all. They were catering to heterosexual couples, typically wanting to use one of their own eggs or two of their own eggs. So I got with an agency that I thought was going to be great. I went through all the contracts and the medical and everything you go through that we've already talked about, but I did that all again and got Uh, matched with a heterosexual couple who had tried in vitro for a super long time. And this was going to be a shot at their last, I believe it was their last two eggs. Uh, Actually, I think it was, yeah, it was two, two eggs. Um, So they had fertilized it. It was their actual egg and sperm. And uh, they were super nice couple transfer came and went no pregnancy and I'm not quite sure what happened there, but the agency was just vi- because it didn't take the agency was just very negative towards me. I didn't do anything wrong. I just, it just didn't take, I I mean, what are you going to do? Not all pregnancies take. And so they dropped me like a hot potato and I went back. And, yeah.
0: Wait, who dropped like a hot potato? Like the agency Both. or the couple? Both. Really?
1: Both. I even tried to call the, um, my couple because we were fairly the, the mom and I or the woman and I were developing a relationship and I called to tell her I was sorry, you know, sorry, it didn't work out. Can we try again? And this was their last eggs. So they would have had to use donor eggs. And I don't think they were like quite mentally there yet. They wanted this to be biologically there. So I'm not quite sure what they ever did uh, in the future to have a family, but Kennedy, you were in second grade when this all went down and they came to, yeah.
0: I was gonna say, I remember them. We sat in the backyard. I remember talking to them cause they were this blonde couple. And I was just like, Oh, that's interesting. I've never met this blonde couple before. And they were sitting at the, at, cause there was like a high table in the backyard with like the <laughs> bar stools. Right. And that's where they were sitting. And they're like, oh yeah, I, was it my communion? Is that what yes. they came for?
1: Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, they were very, it's, it's a shame it didn't happen, but it didn't. So the hunt was on for another agency and another couple. And the, my main focus for doing a third one, I had really gotten the journey I wanted to get out of the second one, which was the triplet pregnancy. But the main reason for doing the third one was I decided I wanted to go to nursing school and I needed the funds to do so and couldn't take time off of work to go to school. So in order for me to facilitate continuing to raise three kids and and have a house and everything, I had to do something to be able to get the money for it. So that's why I did the third surrogacy. I I thought I was going to be done at two, but I did the third one mainly to do that. And
0: so, so. Like me as well, but it was the third one for you was your financially based.
1: Right. Right. Yeah. And that allowed me to, when I was done with the surrogacy, I went to nursing school and I was able to do that. And that pretty much paid for it. And I mean, this is like just a little bit of background information I had between nursing school ending and me getting my first nursing job. I ended up working at the post office for like fifteen months, so because I had to make some type of money, so that was very interesting in itself but um so for this the third journey, I did find an agency thought I found another good one. I did request that it had to have be a gay couple uh two men. I looked at profiles i this one was interesting this, I don't even think you know about this, but there there was two agencies I was back and forth with and the one just moved a little quicker than the other one. I got profiles from both. They sent me profiles from both.
0: So did you, did they send them in batches or did they just send like one couple at a time?
1: No, I got batches hmm. three, three, at, three at a time.
0: So you were working with two agencies and you were getting two separate batches. I'm just curious. I'm just trying to understand. your yeah, whole... I
1: ab- Yes, I did. I did okay. do that. That's I a did. lot of
0: paperwork that you had to fill out to go Ooh. that far into both.
1: Um. Y- yes. So I'll, okay. A little bit of background on that. The. Yeah. My my. Yeah. It's fine. Yes. Two agencies. Okay. Profiles from both. There was a one couple from the first ag- from one of these agencies that really were trying to get me they wanted me to be their surrogate yet i wasn't that keen on them i had chosen a couple with the other agency and we were in we were we hadn't signed contracts there but we were in that process we were signing we were getting all the paperwork done blah 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 Mm -hmm. that other agency they were devastated that i had said no And they wrote me this huge letter that the agency forwarded to me, email, it was an email, sorry, it was letter form, just begging me and they just, they just knew I was the right one for them and so on and so forth, which I, so I felt a little guilty on that regard for saying no to that couple, because in hindsight, this agency that I was, that I ended up going with that, no,
0: didn't, didn't, didn't work out
1: well which is sad, but it just didn't.
0: So both of these agencies that you looked at and were seeing profiles from after your second journey, these are different agencies than what you had previously worked with before, because journey one journey two, you worked with, Mm -hmm. let's just call them surrogacy a, and then you went and looked at surrogacy B and surrogacy C. Okay. Correct.
1: Correct. Um, well, and I was with a different agency for the heterosexual couple. So I actually did. Okay. That was a different agency. And like I said, didn't work out just because the transfer didn't take, but they didn't want to try again because they didn't have any
0: eggs. Right. And your reasoning for just like, I th- I think I know why you didn't go back to the, to the agency that you were with before, but is it because of how you were treated with the sur- with the triplets and they were like, no, 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 like we want you to reduce. And they didn't really give you support. Right. Correct. Okay.
1: Absolutely. Correct. Yes. I did not get the support that a, just a surrogate in general should get, yet alone one who's carrying triplets. Right. I was their second surrogate carrying triplets. It, it was unheard of back yeah. then to yeah. do that. And yeah, didn't know, didn't yeah. get the the support i needed at all which was super sad. The couple really supported me though they were phenomenal. Right. Yeah.
0: Well yeah, we 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 touched base on that near in, yep. in the it last was. episode for yep. you but yes, i just wanted to recap.
1: Yeah. So feeling like i let this other couple down because i didn't go with that agency and that couple. And and i can't quite remember how come i got that profile of them. And they knew about me and I knew about them. And we were like reading each other's profiles when I know all the paperwork wasn't filled out with that agency. I know it wasn't because it was very easy to go to, to be able to continue with the other agency I was doing it with. And they were just moving a little bit quicker. And that's what I wanted. Just move quicker. I had a deadline of when I was trying to get to nursing school. It just, it was on a time frame, So I went with that agency. The couple, you know, again, um, gay men actually lived in California which was new for me because um, my other two not in the same state. And I actually preferred not to be in the same state, which I thought this would be kind of cool to have them in the same state. Like, oh, I could go to a birthday party every once in a while, or I could do this or I could do that. But yeah, in the same state.
0: Got it. The parallels. I didn't know that they were in California. The parallels that are going in my mind right now. I'm like, wait, hold on. Cause I did two out of country. You did two out of state. And then your third was in california where you live and my third was in california where i live this is going to be really fun to see the parallels of our third surrogacies
1: and what's interesting is your third and my third they were probably the same amount of miles away from us each couple they were probably they very 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 uh close proximity to where yours were mine were and okay interesting Mm -hmm. yeah so mine ended up moving but stayed in state stayed in the state oh, they okay, just okay. moved out to around the desert area during the pregnancy so there you go so we got pregnant trans- for the first transfer it was they put in two eggs and positive pregnancies positive beta tests with the blood all of that and I, I can't yeah that was a twin pregnancy that
0: was yes that was yes
1: it was a twin pregnancy and we miscarried both yeah both miscarried um at 9 weeks i believe that was miscarried oh wow yeah i was surprised for my 40th birthday you guys all threw me a surprise birthday party you were pregnant at that yeah i was and oh i was God, really so... really bloated and big cuz i was taking all the hormone shots but i had i was I had an appointment like the Monday after that surprise party. And that's when we found out that the entire pregnancy was nothing. They, they stopped growing both, both babies. Yeah. So it was a little devastating.
0: Oh, so they stopped growing.
1: Yeah. It was just no, nothing, no heartbeats, nothing. Yeah. crazy.
0: So yeah.
1: So we were with, they had chosen a different doctor down in the San Diego area for that to be their fertility doctor, to be their doctor who does the transfer, all of that. Whereas I was super comfortable with the doctor I was with for both of my other surrogacies. So when this one didn't go well and they wanted to continue and keep trying, my condition was we don't, because that fertility doctor was not very nice. Mm-hmm. We don't use that. You have to use my doctor who was successful on both of my transfers first time in the previous pregnancies.
0: You had the same fertility doctor for both surrogates.
1: For all three now. Yeah.
0: Well, that's crazy.
1: Yeah. Right. Because I loved him so much. I mean, he was a god. It was like you were the only person in the room. You were the only person ever going through infertility. He, he infertility troubles. Like he treated the couples as they were only people ever in ever going through this. And he so much information he would give you, he spent so much time with you. He treated surrogates like they were princesses. I mean he was He was just a genuinely kind, a good guy. Yeah. Yeah. And he knew about this whole process and he was just cutting edge and he just knew, he just knew and he just made you feel comfortable. So for fast forward a little bit, they just say, yes. Okay. Let's do a second one. We'll go with your doctor, the fertility doctor. We did. They had to kind of get going with him. They had eggs. No problem. Um, uh, Frozen. Frozen, not fresh. We did frozen with them, frozen transfers. Had a transfer. They put two in. So the transfer, the second transfer with this couple occurred. It was two eggs. Again, things seeming things were going well and positive betas, positive pregnancy tests. Again, pregnant with twins. Had seen heartbeats on ultrasounds and they had come with. Um, dads had come with and seen all of that. And one dad in particular was more like the one who had more free time, his, his, his business, I believe he was in real estate and he could have more flexibility. So he was the one who would come to most of the appointments. So the moving along, and I think it was around week, I think it was 13, 12 to 13. And in for a regular routine, one of the regular routine ultrasounds and we're looking and baby a, they see the heartbeat, everything's great. And ultrasound tech starts to look for the other one. And I looked over and I've had enough ultrasounds by this time to know what they are. And I'm like, where's baby B. And she kind of looked at me and she said, we're going to get to that. Well, the, the dad who was with me kind of had no clue what was going on. I mean, this is all new to him. And he was just sitting in the corner. My doctor who I used the same fertility, excuse me, I used the same OBGYN for the triplets or for the, these twins that I used with the triplets because he's renowned. And I was like, I'm just going back to him. So he came in the room and just the look on his face. And I was like, oh no. And he said, and he looked at on the scan and he said, baby A seems to be fine. Baby B, however, there is a problem and we don't see a heartbeat. When they said we don't see a heartbeat, the dad who was there jumped out of his seat, screamed at the top of his lungs, pointed to me and said, what did you do wrong? No, he did not. He absolutely did. What? Here we just heard that the twin pregnancy I'm caring for these people, now it's down to a singleton. (laughs) The, yeah, the...
0: I would have punched him in the face. Right. Sorry.
1: He granted, I understand they were probably very excited about having twins, but he really needed to focus on, okay, what happened with B and let's make sure we get a to a viable where, where it can be born. Absolutely. Right. So my doctor love him. He said, it's not her fault. Don't you dare blame her. And you need to leave the room so I can speak with my patient. (sighs) So he left the room. We had a conversation, said, it's nothing you've done. We can't explain this at times. Not quite sure. But as you can see, there's no heartbeat on baby B. And he scanned again. I said, yeah, I see that. So that baby A seems to be quite healthy. And I said, well, what do we do from here? He said, You'll have to carry both until delivery. And I said, hold on a second. What are the chances of baby B trying to abort itself and taking baby A with it? He said, pretty high. Oh my God. And I freaked out. I said, oh my God. He said, Ellen, there's not a whole lot you can do. You just have to keep doing what you're doing and nature will take its course and see what happens. So Back up to how I was just treated by that dad.
0: Like my mind still can't get past it. I would have just gone crazy.
1: Yeah. Because I feel we shouldn't feel like failures if we have a twin or a triple pregnancy and one of the babies or two babies, we shouldn't, but it's hard yeah. to not, because this is a job quote unquote, that you were hired to do, which that I took it very seriously as most surrogates do. And I just... I, I couldn't get over the fact that my body didn't do what it was supposed to do. I couldn't, I, I was at fault. I know I wasn't, but it took me a while to get over that.
0: No, I know. And like, I, I think that's where my mentality just is very different from others. Cause I just, I have a uterus and my uterus has its own mind and it's going to do whatever it can. And so, you know what, at times, yeah, I'm connected to my organs like in whatever kind of connection way you want to think about. But other times I can't control what's happening. So it's just, it's always very, uh, app- well, especially in that situation, it's just appalling to hear that. It's like, you did this. And it's like, well, you don't have a uterus. So like Rachel from friend says no uterus, no opinion. So that's just kind of how I think, but just like, how did that, how, how did you feel like wh- wh- what, what, I just want to know what exactly went through your mind in that split second when he was like, what did you do?
1: Right. I was looking at the people in the room because at this time now there's an ultrasound tech. There is the, my main big doctor OBGYN has been in the room and his like right hand. I don't want to say she was a midwife, but if he was out of town, she would deliver the babies. So, or a baby. So they were in the room. So there were three people in the room, plus me, plus the um, the dad. And I was by myself when I heard all that. I went to the appointment by myself. Wasn't thinking I, anything was going to be happening that day. I didn't know that this happened. And so hearing that, I just was like, I need someone to reaffirm to me that this isn't my fault. He just blamed me. So this is all going through my head. And my doctor said, it absolutely isn't your fault. And I need some time with my patients. So he asked him to leave. And we talked about it. He said, you need to remain positive for this second baby so that we can make you to term. And I was like, okay. So I had to go out and make my follow-up appointment and she goes okay is it going to be for the anatomy scan and blah 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 for both babies and i had to tell the receptionist at that point you know we we lost one and there's just one now and i tried to keep it together i didn't cry once i got into the car i just lost it and then i had to drive home yeah and they fast forward just a little bit they had the dads had called the agency and gave them this news before I did, which is fine, but had given kind of their side of it where they literally told them that, what did she do? What did she do to cause this? So the agency right then and there is probably thinking I went skydiving, did something. So now they're trying to get on the phone with me. I'm not saying that's what they thought, but they're being told, what did she do? She must've done something. So they're trying to get to the bottom of it.
0: Yes. But right there, the fact, like that's where I think agencies go wrong a lot of the times, or I don't know. I'm just, I'm very negative on agencies these days, but the fact that they're like, oh yeah, she did do something wrong. Let's investigate. Or even if they're not like a hundred percent, yeah, she did something wrong. They're definitely not 50, 50. And they're definitely, they didn't have your back. Obviously they're not like, oh, you know what? let's hear, let's talk to the fertility doctor. Let's get an actual scientific medical opinion, not just two very emotional people's idea on the matter.
1: Right. Right. So I did, I spoke with the agency and I told them I take, and I said, you can call my fertility, you can call the doctor, you can talk to him. I said, but no way, no, how am I going to, to keep speaking to these parents during the rest of this pregnancy, because I have to get this remaining baby to a viable uh, age pregnancy, viable week to be able to be born while carrying around its deceased brother or sister. So that's a big mental thing right there that I have to deal with. And the agency pretty much could have cared less. Uh, I said, They can call my doctor and get their own updates. I will give them when my, my appointments are, but they are not attending. They will not be in the room with me. (laughs) So this went on from week, what was that about week 12, 13, this went on all the way to week 35. Okay. And then I thought, oh no. I'm going to have to be delivering this baby. They're probably going to be in the room or they're going to be near me. Something I've got to get on some channel of communication because I can't be stressed out when I'm having the birth of this baby. Right. So we got back on just, I gave them updates of the doctor's appointments. They still didn't come. They would call my doctor like an hour after I had the appointment and get the update. My doctor would say, he literally told me, goes, Ellen, I call them in the afternoon. when I'm done seeing patients, I'm not going to stop my dad. And I said, you do whatever you need to do. He was on my side. He felt bad. There's nothing he could do, but he was on my side. So he knew the stress that they were causing. We got to around week 36, 37. And he, my doctor was like, We need to do an amnio to make sure that you're okay, that the baby's lungs are okay, that everything's good. Because if we, if we get to the point where we need to get all along, he's thinking baby B is going to abort. And that could have happened anytime from the time that baby deceased all the way till the time I gave birth. And so if baby B aborts, baby A is in baby B's way. Baby B would take baby A.
0: I get that. I'm just a little confused as to why a doctor would be like, yeah, amnio when you're that far.
1: Well, I was almost 41 years of age. This was my last (laughs) pregnancy. I know it's not my eggs. I know it's not anything remotely related to me. He wanted to make sure that the baby's lungs were developed. And if not, they were going to give me the steroid. I think it's beta methazone, what have you. They were going to give me the steroid because in the event something happened and they had to hurry up and get me, they wanted to know what they were dealing with baby wise.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That, that is kind of what was, I was, I was given stress tests. And then around 35, 36, we were given an amnio to make sure that was the weirdest thing. Cause I'd never had one before. It's like an ultrasound. They look and they stick this big needle and they take all this oh. amniotic fluid out of you. And I'm like, oh, that's weird. Mm. Yeah. So he kind of decided to do that at an appointment I was in. And I didn't like, he's like, I want to do an amnio. We need to go into this other room. I'm like, okay. And I'm just like, oh, I've never had one done. I had a friend who had one done at five months and it punctured the, the sack and the baby died. And yeah, spontaneously aborted. I was like, oh dear God, no, I can't do an amnio. And he's like, no, no, no. And we need to like, okay. I trusted him. He was the head of a very large hospital and head of paternity. So I'm like, yeah, we'll do it. In my contract, however, it said if I was going to have an amnio, I had to tell my agency and tell my intended parents. Okay. There was no time. There was no time I didn't tell them. So I just, I put it in with the billing, you know, I just submitted it all and they got very upset that I had an amnio uh, without anybody's knowledge. And I said, well, you can have the results. I, I This was my doctor. I'm following my doctor's orders and that's yeah. what they specified me to do. So that was a whole drama. Turns out, um, I went in for, I believe it was 38, 38 or 39 weeks, you know, cause you go in every week
0: mm-hmm. and he
1: just, he was, just, my doctor was like, baby's getting a little big. I, I, I think we're just going to have to either get you in there as far as induce you, or we're going to have to have a scheduled time. I don't want you going into like, I want to be in control of this. It's like, okay, that's fine. So went into the hospital um, for what I thought. Actually, how did that? No, that's right. That's right. Went in for 40 week checkup. It was the last one. And he was, yeah, we actually did. We got there and he was like, okay, so I want you to go to the hospital like, like that day. So literally had to go over that day. And they started all the preparations because baby B was in there. They were not going to let me have this baby naturally. Mm -hmm. And that we kept vacillating back and forth. Was I going to be able to try? Was I going to be able to not? And he just made the decision. If we want to try and get, we want a good outcome. So I was like prepped for a C-section, like, and your dad had to go down and call these dads and tell them, Hey, listen, she's having a C-section. This was Kind of spur of the moment, like he just sent us over to the hospital from an appointment and they had about a two hour drive. So they apparently got in their car and came, but the baby was born before they got there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Baby was in the nursery. And um, so what they did was they took healthy baby, baby A was mm-hmm. a little girl and then baby B. They had to take baby B out because the baby B was a fully. And when baby B came out let's back up a little bit. Um, the couple was asked, is there anything you want to do for baby B? Do you want to see baby B? Do you want, they said, absolutely not. We don't want anything to do with baby B. So it relinquished then to me, what, what did we want to do with baby B? And I asked, could we see baby B? Could we just, so baby A was born little girl she was healthy. Everything was fine. She got taken to the nursery and they took out baby B, which was a little boy. And as weird as this sounds, we asked to see him and he fit into a little kidney dish, like kind of, they give it to you. Um,
0: he yeah, was that tiny.
1: Yeah. He fit in there. He was stuck to the placenta oh. and he was curled up. Um, And he was perfectly formed a little baby. I mean, teeny, 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 perfectly little formed little baby. Cause it was like, we were at like week 13, 12 or 13. I can't remember that part, but, um, and so Mike, your dad's not very religious and I'm Catholic by, you know, my parents, but we just said a little prayer and our doctor said it with us. And we just, I mean, I cried and I was like, oh God, you poor little thing and is super sad. And my doctor said, what do you plan on doing with this fetus? Um, and I said, I just wanted to see it and make sure, you know, I, I just needed closure. And he said, if it's okay with you, we'd like to send it off for pathology and find out the rationale on why, what happened. Oh, wow. And we'll cover the cost. Oh Yeah. So they did. They sent it out, sent the little guy out for, um, to whatever they, you know, whatever kind of labs they send him to and, um, stayed in the hospital. Cause it was a C-section. I had to be there for, I believe it was three days. Couple was there. Mm-hmm. I got my hour with the baby. Good. Yeah. So I guess that day that the hour happened, there was some substitute nurse. I guess she, somebody called in sick and she was in the nursery, so she became very friendly with the intended parents
0: because
1: mm. I didn't get my hour until I think later in the day because I wanted you guys to come and my mom. And right, so right. it was maybe about like five o'clock. So shift was going to be over like maybe seven or eight. So uh, they, I went to get her in the nursery. I walked out. I, I said, I'm here for my hour. It was already predetermined. Um, the couple had already left. So I wheeled her back in. Um, I put a little outfit on her, took a couple pictures. There's this little blue onesie, um, a little blue, like little pajama yeah. thing. I looked at the clock and made sure I knew what the hour was. So my mom, you know, got to hold her. We all just needed closure. And I, that's mm-hmm. what I like to do in the pregnancies or the surgeries, just to, that the kids see this is what it, the end result is. And this is what we did for another family. So I had about 15 minutes left of my hour and I wasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. Visiting and here comes that nurse. She like bams through the door, just pushes it really hard. You know, big uh hospital doors, they just swing, you know, they swing mm-hmm. open. She pushes it, she comes in and she goes, Your hour is up. I'm here to take the baby back. And I said, uh, yeah, no, you're not. Get the hell out of my room. I'll bring her back when my hour is over. I have my contract right here. So she left the room. And I did not know that she was a nurse that normally did not work at that hospital. I didn't know that at this point. Okay. Okay. Right. So we finished our visit. Obviously I'm shaken because I'm just like, what the heck was that? Yeah. Finished our little visit. I took her back and I immediately asked to see the charge nurse and the uh, director of nursing. I Mm -hmm. said, I need to see them before I leave this hospital. They came in. So you guys all left everything. They came in the next morning. I think I was ready to be discharged that day. They came in that morning. They profusely apologized. She said that should have never happened. She was, she explained, they explained to me what, why that woman was there. I don't know if this ever happened, but they said she has been on a list. She's been put on a list to never be called back to work, labor and delivery and nursery again, because of how rude she was to you. And I said, okay, that's fine. But I just want to let you know that this is something that's going to be happening. It's, it's, it's in its infancy now, but surrogacy is going to grow and you're going to have other surrogates in this hospital. And Mm -hmm. she's like, they both were like, absolutely. They were so understanding, um, so supportive and they made me feel a little better. And I just said, you know, they knew that the parents, those intended parents were not allowed to come to my room and I was not going to be, directed to walk past the room they were in do you see what i'm saying like they were placed in a room that i would not have to walk past correct
0: i'm very well what you're saying i know this parallels i know this parallels i'm just so so boggled (laughs) yeah
1: yeah it wasn't it wasn't the best of times but you know it is what it is and we did what we did and it didn't have to be that way he he could have handled i get it that they were planning on twins And one of those babies didn't make it, but to blame the person that's carrying those children for you, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Like, this is your fault. That that didn't have to happen. That's where the agency should have been there, should have been sitting with him. Not that anybody knew this was a thing, Mm -hmm. not that this was going to happen, but they should have been there to help facilitate this and take him out immediately or say, wait, stop,
0: you know? Well, yeah, because I had an experience similar, which, you know, everyone will hear about in two weeks, but I get it. The agency is not going to be there for everything. Um, unless you make that a thing, but cause you can, but, um, no, definitely your agency should have, totally been like, you know what, what you did was completely inappropriate. Like he needed to be sit down to and talk to like a toddler. Cause he just had a tantrum for no reason, like not for no reason, but his outburst, it, you could really look at that as mental abuse towards you because he basically towards me. It was towards me. It, was yeah,
1: towards me. it wasn't just, Oh my God, what happened? He literally formed the words what what did you do this is your fault like that was accusation hold on back up no oh wait a minute I'm laying here with my belly open with gel all over me and the the sonographer the ultrasound tech is sitting right there like just what do I say what do I do and I'm just like oh geez you know this is not good but I couldn't do anything I couldn't do anything I never got an apology for that outburst. Had I gotten some type of an apology, it, it may have smoothed things over. One thing that did happen in the hospital, after, it was a little girl, I think I said that.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, what did happen in the hospital was, I don't know how it happened, but I was on an end room all by myself. And the one dad who was at, he's the one who accused me. He came walking down as I came walking out of my room And he stopped and he gave me a very big hug and said, thank you. I don't know if he was, if he knew what room I was in, if he was trying to cross paths with me, if he needed to do that for his own sanity, I don't know, but it happened. I went ahead and received the hug. I don't believe I hugged back at that point. I was just kind of in shock. Like, wait a minute. They told me I wouldn't even be seeing this couple and here. He's right outside my door and I'm all the way at the end. Like you couldn't go any further. And it was kind of interesting. So I never saw the other dad and that's how I liked it. That was fine. But it was, so let's go a couple, let's go. I think it's six, eight weeks now. I'm home, I'm recovering, things are fine. And I get a report in the mail from my doctor's office. And a little handwritten note from my doctor that says we thought you'd like to see the results, and what they were the results of baby B genetic mutation is what caused the death of that baby. Oh, man
0: So it was like you could only be like, "What did you do? Like I really made a understand. copy of it,
1: <laughs> put it in an envelope, sent it to their address because I knew where they lived. We had to have each other's addresses, and said hope all is well. It was yeah, not, not my fault and sent it. And, and I felt at that point, I thought I could, I could start healing. Cause I knew it wasn't me. That baby had no genetic makeup of me at all. It was Mm-mm. donor eggs and one of their sperm. It nothing. And it made me feel like, okay, okay. I, mm-hmm. I nothing. It wasn't me. I did do everything right. And why baby a made it and baby B didn't. I don't know. I have no idea because they were from the same carrier, the same um, egg donor.
0: But it could be, I mean, because we all know someone who, you know, just babies form differently. And so some babies will have, every baby has a different genetic makeup, even though Correct. it's from the same two parents. So, That's like, that true. was, I didn't just, mean, yeah. No, 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 I know, I know. I just, unfortunately, that was, no pun intended, that was literally just a bad egg. Like, it just, it just was.
1: Yeah. Probably
0: right, and because they weren't they weren't identical, they mm-hmm. were fraternal. It was bro, boy girl, right? right. Exactly. They, it's not like it's split or anything. It wasn't. Yeah. So, wow, good for yeah. you.
1: Yeah. So A it it,
0: it right.
1: It just made me and I and I had forgotten until I got the report in the mail. I'd forgotten that he even offered yeah. to send it away, and I never knew that I would get the results. And he super nice guy, super nice doctor, Love him to death. But yeah, it just made me feel better so i went on to nursing school used the money that i had made through that surrogacy because i put it all in a separate account oh girl got my nursing license and have been nursing ever since so that's probably um seven, almost 17 years ago
0: so is she 17 ja-
1: she's a january baby hold on Oh, hold on yeah Oh, she, this, she, she will have her 16th birthday. See, oh really this so year, sixteenth month. What date are we at right now? 17? 17, 17, seventeenth? I thought so she was we, born
0: before.
1: I think it was the 26th of January. What do I yeah, know? I believe so. Yeah. She'll be her 16th birthday. Wow. I didn't even think about that. Wow. Crazy. Yikes. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, all in all, that was my, that was worse than the first surrogacy. It really was. I mean, you, you y'all had heard my journey about the first one and the first one, I was just naive. I didn't really know anything. I just thought, okay, we're not supposed to be treated nicely. What have you. I didn't know a whole lot. I was seasoned for the second one. I had a great couple and this third one, it was a different agency. I don't think the couple was really versed on what to expect either, you know, again, we've talked about this before they throw the money at it. They pay for it. They think everything's supposed to work out beautifully. And they're going to get, you know, pristine children or child or what have you. And. You know, they, they were pretty excited when they found out they were going to have twins the first time and they told everybody that's not my doing. You didn't have to tell everybody. And then at week nine, we, that was completely the miscarriage. Right. had to go have a DNC for that. I did have to have a DNC for that um, and then switch the doctors like we talked about and then had the new one. And again, twins, but it just wasn't meant to be. So I don't know how they're doing. I don't know if they're still in the state. I I have no idea because I've never heard from them again.
0: Once you left the hospital.
1: Yeah, I Never, never got pictures. I never got anything because it wasn't agreed in our um, contract that I would get like a picture every year. Some surrogates do that. I want a picture every year um, on the birthday. And so Mm -hmm. they're allowed to get pictures. I didn't think that was necessary. It's not my child. It's everybody views that differently. And I'm glad I didn't. Um, yeah, no. And I hate to say good riddance, but honestly, no, there was no,
0: yeah, yeah, sorry. No, I get that. There's, there was no, uh, bond attachment. Mm -hmm. There was nothing. Cause like I've said before, I get more attached and make a bond way more with the couple than I do the baby. Even when I was pregnant with my own baby, didn't even like, make a bond with him until he was four months old until he right. like started was like, Hey, I can smile at you now. And it's right. like, Oh yeah, you're, you were, you were worth it. I can but, attest for that
1: too. Cause I was with you that yeah. It was weird. It was like, you but were detached. Yeah.
0: I just, that's just, I think that's just me as a person. Yeah. But when you go through the journey, you more so go through it with the couple than you do the baby because the baby can't talk to you. The baby's just there. Like it's with you. Like you just are pregnant. Like, I know that sounds maybe too plain because I've been lucky enough to not have complications with pregnancy, but it just, you, you have to talk to the parents either weekly, daily, monthly, like you have to come up with something in your contract. So I get what you're saying with good riddance. Like I did it for what I did it
1: for. I wanted, I needed the, it was for financial gain for me. This, that the first two weren't, I mean, the financial aspect of it was nice, but the first two really were something I had to do and had to do it for a long, 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 long time and wasn't able to get to there. That's why I started so late and it was right for me to do it at that time in my life. And so I did. And those two, yeah, they were, the money was nice. Yes. But the amount of, Stuff I had to go through with both of them. I mean, I had to get a transfusion with the one. This was a triplet pregnancy with this one, or the (sighs) second one. I was back in the hospital with you know bleeding. It was, it's a lot. You put your body through a lot. You just think it's like, oh, I'm just gonna have this baby and then I'm gonna be home. I'm gonna be fine. Yeah, no, it's a lot. It's a lot.
0: Well, dying Um, does sound exhausting, and you've tried to do it a couple times. So I know, I know.
1: It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. But so yeah. So So that's my stories. That's all three of them.
0: Right. So, so I, so I think you said it, your, your, uh, most memorable in a happy way would be the triplets correct? and then it would be your first surrogacy and then it would be this, your third surrogacy. So based off of your surrogate journeys, if there was no age limit, would, and somebody came to you right now and they were like, Ellen, we want you to be our surrogate. What are you saying?
1: Absolutely. Yes. Yeah,
0: I've wished I've wished for I know.
1: several years that I could have done it again, that I could have done it again, um, especially with you going through your journeys and living with us the entire time you were doing that It just it brought back different memories and it brought back you know what she's really helping she's doing good she's, I, I want to be able to do that again yeah I've done it three times but I, I want to be able to do that again. Mm-hmm. Granted, if I was probably really serious about it, I'm not quite sure because you know, I went through a a, a abdominal plastic, I went through, you know, a tummy tuck afterwards and got all that extra skin off of me from the triplets because it wrecks your body. But it
0: does. Yeah. But also, so even going through your last journey where Honestly, I'm going to say you suffered some emotional abuse. Whether that just be yeah. from the pregnancy or itself or what the couples did or said or the agency what the agency did or said, just you went it was an emotional roller coaster of a of a journey. So even going through that, you would still say knowing because literally you've almost died twice, you've had triplets, you've had base. You've had twins. Like you gave birth to twins right. and you've had a singleton. You've literally done it all. You're nice. probably the most well-rounded surrogate I know. Yeah. So go, knowing what the good and the bad outcomes are, you'd still do it again in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat.
1: As long as I got to pick the couple.
0: Why not the picking the couple part? Why would you still do it in a heartbeat?
1: Um. That should have just easily come off my tongue, but it didn't. Um, it's this ah, it's this innate, inborn to help, to, to family is huge to me, huge mm-hmm. to me. And to be able to help other couples realize their dream of a family or add to their family because this is the only way that they could do it. It'd be maybe this or adoption. I like to help. I like to be, I don't know. I I don't know if that's a good enough answer for you. It probably is, but-
0: It doesn't doesn't matter what's good enough for me. You have, everybody has their reasons for doing surrogacy. Had I started
1: earlier, I would have not stopped at three. Let's just Mm -hmm. put it that way. I would not have, no. I would have probably easily done five. Easily done five. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I probably would have. Yeah. Right. But I aged out and, you know, I'm to, you know, I mean, there's these stories of moms carrying their Grandbabies because their daughters can't have babies. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a little. Yeah, I've heard it. I've heard it. And I'm thinking, oh, God, that'd be kind of weird. But would I do it if one of my daughters couldn't have children and just they didn't want to entrust that? Because that's a lot of faith putting Mm -hmm. that into someone. And people put faith into you and I and every surrogate out there. People are putting their lives literally in your hands. Mm -hmm. And it's a big responsibility. And when I was pregnant with the twins, this, this, the, the, the twin pregnancy that took, and we had the one every day I had to realize I could lose this whole pregnancy right now. Baby B could come and baby A is going to be taken like that emotional distress that I had to live every day for how many months, like five (laughs) that does something to your psyche. It really does something to your psyche. So Tried not to dwell on it too much because I have my own kids I had to take care of. But I really would double think about, oh, should I climb up that flight of stairs? Maybe I should take the elevators. Maybe I, like. And normally I would have never thought about that.
0: Right.
1: But I was blamed, so I didn't want to be blamed for losing the entire pregnancy. So it was, yeah. It. I don't know. Uh, not I'm not that religious of a person, but I believe the man upstairs doesn't give us any more than we can handle. Mm-hmm. And for some, maybe for some reason. Because my first two were not, okay, granted, yes, I had some complications, but the pregnancies themselves were beautiful. They were uncomplicated. They went like clockwork. Yeah. You know, four healthy babies total in those first two. So maybe I needed, uh, I even had to say that, but maybe I needed a little bit of humility. Maybe I needed something a little tough to work through. And I don't know. And maybe that's why I was placed in this couple's path. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what it was, or maybe it was. We're going to give her such a bad experience that she's never going to want to do it again because she needs to be here for her kids. Like, I needed to see my kids maybe. grow up.
0: I mean, oh. honestly, I could see that because honestly, at some points, it seemed like you, not intentionally, but you were gambling your life in certain situations. Yeah. Which, they
1: tell you, know, you that no. when you sign up. Do, do, your, I'm sure yours did too. Cause we had to get very big life insurance policies.
0: Totally. Yeah. Right. They do. I mean, they don't say you're gambling your life, but yeah, there's lots of complications that can go through with it. And yeah. And like, and I knew them firsthand watching, you know, you like die twice almost. So yeah, it's definitely interesting. So I had another question and now my post-pregnancy brain refuses to remember anything anymore. Oh my God, do you not have that? But going through all all the time, but going through a pregnant, like
1: you never think any of that's going to happen to you. Like I never thought I'd get pregnant with triplets ever. Well, ever, 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 never (laughs) thought it. And so I, of course I signed away my rights to, to they could abort anyone they wanted to. Yeah. not thinking it would ever happen to me. And so I would think just a little tidbit of information for any surrogate out there. Just be careful what you're putting in your contract. Make sure you're protected. Make sure your your children in your own home are protected. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that's life insurance policies. And no one ever wants to have to cash in on one of those because that means that the mom is deceased and that's not what we want. That is right. not what anybody wants, um, which fun fact, the life insurance policy that I got a oh, long time ago, they for half a mill they made me get it for 500,000 um, that is expiring or ending in February. Oh,
0: how, how, wow. 20 That's years. Long.
1: Yeah. 20 oh years. Time. Right. Yeah. Long time.
0: Um, so that was going to be one of my questions. Um, one of them was going to be, what is, if somebody were to a stranger off the street, you're, you get in a conversation, you're talking about surrogacy. They come up to you. They say, Oh my gosh, I want to be a surrogate. What is the first thing? What is your, what is your best advice to tell them? Just your contract be care. watch out for you and your family. Is that what,
1: that would probably be one of the big ones. Make sure that you're protected in your contract. They become very long, very wordy, sometimes you don't understand them, but you are given a lawyer for you for your contract. so you need if you have questions, you need to write them down and you need to ask, even though those questions may be answered in such a way that you think you're protected, as we will find out soon enough, that's not the case um So that is one. And number two is you have got to be comfortable with the agency you're working with as well as the couple you've got to, you are going to need them more than you think you do.
0: But, and I think this is the tricky part for that. And we can talk about this obviously probably in another podcast episode, just itself alone, but how can you tell if you can trust an agency, you've barely met this agency I literally I have figured out I need to date you like I need to date you and I need to throw a situation in front of you and I need to see if you're going to support me in it. Same with a couple, because you really only know them two times before you get pregnant. Right.
1: I would say I want and they're only going to give you the names of surrogates that speak highly of their agencies. So what I'm recommending is that you go to a meeting if they are. Uh, if they, I would ask no, because if they don't let you come to a meeting, forget it. Like, Mm -hmm. so go to a meeting of other surrogates because you're a potential surrogate and go to a meeting and speak with, I mean, literally in the meeting, if they do a round robin, say, I have a couple of questions and literally pose the question, are you happy with this agency? Are they supportive of you?
0: Mm -hmm. you're saying no no you can't do you could not if somebody were to have come in people would have lied their asses off in our meeting because we had a little uh I want to use her name but I can't but like it's just uh, I just like that's just what everybody calls them we'll just call her Nancy but everybody had this little like we had this Nancy who was just so like like she would go back and she would tell the agency and if she was there a lot of the times the person from the agency was there so there was never a time where you could be blatantly honest about the agency and like I really do wish I had that in my third one because I would have been the girl at those meetings who would have been asked to stop coming because I would have been blatantly honest and everybody would have been like oh my gosh like they're treating you this way yeah so If I could jump in on that, yes, find the find the surrogates, find them on social media. There you go, and reach out to them and just be like, I because I've had people reach out to me, and unfortunately, I can't tell you guys who my agency was. Um, But I've had people ask me like, Have you worked with this agency? And I can say yes or no. And so, um, I mean, you can do it that way, but I can't literally tell you, Hey, this is the agency I was with. Right. So. Definitely use social media, right? Which
1: wasn't a big thing when I know when it wasn't know. Day back where we were. So I guess, yeah, protect yourself and go with your gut. Always go with your gut. You're making a huge life decision for you and your family. Huge. I'm not deterring you from surrogacy, deterring you from surrogacy, but go with your gut. If you feel that somebody's being overly fake in your interview, and when you're interviewing the agency or they bring you in or they do a zoom call with you then go to the next one, go to the next one. You don't want to find out later that your gut was telling you something and you didn't listen to it.
0: Um, Is there something someone should ask an agency while they're in the interview with the agency or while they're in an interview with the couple? It's
1: a hard one.
0: I know, but I'm just speaking from our experiences. Is there something that you wish you would have asked either either with couple or agency, I think probably more so couple, right. But also agency.
1: Right. I guess a lot of the nitty gritty stuff and the personal stuff gets taken care of in the contracts Mm -hmm. and they preclude you from talking about that one-on-one. They Mm -hmm. really, really do. They do. I mean, case in point was the triplet pregnancy and reducing like we went to a dinner, to talk about it. And I was like a mess in tears the entire dinner. It was just the couple and Mike and I, your dad and I just in tears the entire time thinking, wait a minute. We, yes, we should be talking about this, but we need somebody here refereeing for us. But they were clearly on the side of the couple. They were not on my side, clearly on the side of the couple because they, they were pushing, pushing, pushing for reduction. So I don't, again, I have to say, go with your gut go with your gut. If you're talking to a, everybody's going to put their best face on when they're interviewing you or you're talking to a couple, Mm -hmm. but I even remember with your first, your first couple or your first surrogacy, you zoom called, um, and you and he talked and you got off of that. And you said, you felt good about it. Like Mm -hmm. that's what you have to do. You have to wait a minute. I saw some red flags. Hold on a second. Mm, I need another talk, have another meeting have another meeting, have another interview with that, with that, with the intended parent.
0: And I, I do think, I mean, I agree with that 100% just going from the feeling I got with my first surrogate seat to the feeling I got with my third surrogacy. And it was definitely different, but I, I, you know next, next time. But the thing is, I think a lot of surrogates, I mean, I was, I was always afraid, like, if I ask too much, if I ask too many questions, if I want this, if I want that, if I want to meet them again, they're going to wash their hands clean of me. Here's the truth fact about it. If that's the case, they're not for you. Right. Like they're just not. And I get that everybody, sometimes people have a timeline. Like I definitely had a timeline with my third one. You had a timeline with your third one. Like, and that's fine. We're allowed that. We should not be belittled for that. We have lives too. And we are giving a giant part of our lives to this. So yeah, I kind of have a timeline for it. It's over a year. It's like yeah. a year to a year and a half, maybe two years, depending on what's going on. So if, if you want the extra meeting, you are allowed to have an extra meeting. I've never met an agency that's said, oh yeah, let's meet a couple times. But I know that if I had said, I want to meet them again or after the first Zoom or whatever, because I know that your couple more likely than not would love to communicate with you more. So that way you guys are on the same page. So you guys have a relationship. Mm -hmm. So yeah, it's just, So many things in my mind. (laughs) Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's you
1: know, I think part of the reason Kennedy and I wanted to do this podcast is just to give some information out there and tell the honest truth about what our six journeys were to maybe help somebody else who might be thinking about this, who may have already gone through their first one and said, you know what? She didn't have a great first surrogacy, meaning Ellen. But she still went on to do the second one. And look, that was just miraculous. And then she went on to do a third. And just like you, you had two amazing surgeries, And then the third, it's not always going to be, you know, rainbows and puppy dogs and, and, you know, yeah. butterflies all over the place. But we're, hopefully we're giving you some information that if you go into this, you'll kind of, oh, wait a minute. I probably should ask for an hour if I need to see that baby afterwards. Otherwise the couple's going to be there the whole time. And my family's not going to be able to get to Say their goodbyes and have that journey. And for our family, because it is a big deal for your family, they're going through it with you. It's not just your journey. And I would definitely, I need to harp on that just a little bit. You're choosing to do this, but you're choosing to do this affects the entire family. It affects them all, even extended family. It affects them all because you're going to need them to help watch your kids or watch your family or 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 what if you're put in the hospital or on bed rest or something happens. You're Mm going to need some help Mm -hmm. and thank God my mom was still around because I did need help after the first one. And after the second one, I needed some help, especially with my children. Yeah. Yep. Yeah.
0: And then just going back, because I want to make sure I say this, but before you had said, um, you had said it a couple of times, but, uh, something about a lawyer, right. And you were saying that if they, if, if you don't know, ask your lawyer, Your appointed one, whatever. Um, you guys will find out in my third one. Yes, you're appointed one. If you have questions and if it is not verbatim of those words that you want to to stay there. So that way there is no oh, well, I could take it this way and I can take it that way. Uh I won't say don't trust your lawyers because maybe your lawyers are nicer than mine was, but definitely make it verbatim. Have your law- you can say, "Hey, I want this wording to change to this." And then more, don't sign it to until be more it's- in
1: layman's terms and more and more confined as far as very direct on what you're trying to get it to say. And I'm mm-hmm. just going to give you the example of the one hour visit with the baby. Kennedy didn't have that. I think, did you have that in your first, um, uh, your first I think I told you ask for it.
0: I asked for it in all of them. And in yeah. two of them, I was given it in a heartbeat. Right. That's what I'm trying to say. Correct. Mm -hmm. So
1: if there's any question about, okay, you get the hour, you've got to make sure it says who is present at that hour and where that hour is happening and who I'm going to say it again, quote unquote is present for that hour. Obviously it's you and the newborn baby, but who else? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I find, I thought it was very important for me to have that hour with whatever family members I needed to be there, my children, especially, because they went through it. Uh, possibly my husband, if he wanted to be there. And then my mom, who was a huge part of my, my journeys because she helped with my children for daycares mm-hmm. and things like that. Um, so that was literally written in mine it was written who could be present, who I chose to be present, where it was going to happen and for how long it was going to happen in each of mine. And it was very, it was a big, big deal to me. That's like the only thing I really harped on, on on my contracts, it really was. Um, And so I suggested that to Kennedy and she did it as well. And like she said, she didn't meet with any resistance on two of them, but one she did. Yeah. So we'll get into that next time.
0: But um, I have one last question and then we can open it up. So my last question would be, would you choose to go agency or would you try private
1: if i were to do this again Mm -hmm. i would actually look into private i would look into it i would because yeah i would look into it to see if it was possible because if other people are going private the intended parents are going private there's obviously something maybe they're not liking about an agency and it might be financial because you give the agency a lot. They have to give the agency a lot of money. So maybe you can get compensated a little bit more. You can take part of the agencies. If you go independent or private, would I bite the bullet and do it for sure? It would really depend on who I was going, who I was doing this with. I'd have to do background checks. I'd have to check stuff out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, How about you? Well, I'll tell you next week. Okay. <laughs> wow, little cliffhanger. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> We're, okay. Uh, our views, our views might be the same, might be different when it comes to do um, another surrogacy. So we'll there we go. Well, fabulous. We'll see. So, thank you all for joining us. We are. Uh, excited to continue this year and this year we're actually going to start interviewing other surrogates so we're very excited about that if you guys would like to share your story you guys can stay anonymous you guys can just send it to me and I can and we can we can hash that on here um, or you guys can be a part of it with us you are more than welcome to go ahead and reach out to me on social media at surrogate so it's the surrogate just look for surrogate mother. <laughs> so yeah. So um that's me. And yeah, thank you guys so much. Please like us, subscribe, and we'll see you guys in two weeks.
1: Okay, so stop sit surrogate with Kennedy and Ellen. Bye. Bye.